We're glad you've joined us today on the Christian Ministries Church podcast. We believe you'll hear a message that will minister to you and encourage you in your walk with Christ. Let's listen now to the message. The church is essential. Okay, now here's the thing. Look at me. So, so here's the deal. Here, here's, here's, here, it may have been a while since I've talked to an audience that you have heard me. But so here's the deal is there are some people that are coming to church here today that are hungry and want to see the calling of God and move of God in their life. And there are some people that you're coming because you had nothing to do tonight. I'm not talking to the, to the latter. The church is full of trying to create moments to entertain people. Now, we have heard three communicators talk about the present condition of our world. And if there hasn't been a moment for you to have introspection and go, what is my home like? What is my mouth like? What is my heart like? What is my TV like? What is my computer like? What is my whatever? Like, if, if, if you can posture yourself and only think about the world and not think about what God wants to do you to impact the world, then you have missed why we're here. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? See, the fact of the matter is, it's always about what God's people will do. It's always the Holy Spirit comes to activate us and to activate us and to activate us. And so if you're not going to be activated, then here's the deal. Your you're, you're behind is going to be a little bit, you know, sore, kind of sliding in the chair a little bit. It's been a little longer than Sunday morning. Uh, you're going to wonder about the coffee. You're going to yawn through a little bit of it. And here's what I, I, I'm seeing as I go to churches. More churches are morality training than a Holy Spirit encounter. And so I think that there's more here for you than for you to get USA tattooed on your butt. I think there's a little bit more, and I think God wants to begin to stir something up in you and bring up, come on, these wells that are within you, and you live with some conviction, yes, sir. not criticism. And so today is not about our world. Today is about you. You. The church is essential. It has a mission. And it's imperative that believers know the mission. And we are on, come on, mission. Everybody say mission. The mission is not to hide ourselves. The mission is to become an agent of change. Meaning when I walk in the room, light walks in, dark scatters. Come on, darkness scatters. In, 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 when I walk in the room, conversations change. When I walk in the room, hope walks in the room. Come on, there is a difference. Never before in history has information been so at our fingertips we can learn everything and that's why we're numb because we think information is understanding some of you know everything and yet you produce nothing You know how the church should operate. You know how the pastor should live. You know how the world should, um, you know how the president should govern. You should know while your 
own finances are terrible. You cannot manage your own purity. You can't. And that is what we're doing. We're, oh my gosh, it's terrible. You shut up. Don't get mad. I'm in one room. You're in the other. The kids don't like us. We're not division, strife, all of that. And we're like, the world is terrible. Come on. I absolutely want to see the world change. I actually absolutely want to see demonic strongholds fall. I absolutely want to see God turn and be the revival, come on, in our country. But I want to see it happen as a product of God moving in our lives. In us. We crave content. But we miss the importance of implementation. We think because we can rehearse or, or regurgitate a half of a verse that we've disciplined that verse into our lives. Content. This year, I, the last couple of years, I've been coaching a, a, a young um, boys team and for the last three or four years coaching this team and in basketball. And... They want to know a lot. They want to be coached well. But the issue in our practices and in the games is not the, the coaching. Amen. When they get, listen, in a game, they're forgetting, okay, when do we cut? How do we anticipate this play? You can steal the ball. The whole game, we're playing. I thought I was playing on offense, and I thought I was playing on defense. No, 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 actually, you're playing the whole game. When do we, when do we get open? How do we continue moving through? How do we crash the boards? When do we box out? How do we, and so it's never about, all the kids know, hey, box out. But it's in the moment they can't implement it. So they don't know it enough. Come on, hear what I'm saying. And so this is where the church is at. We're like, oh, yes, box out. Amen. So be it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Ain't nobody boxing out. We teach right concepts. Come on, hear me. But those concepts need repetition until they show up in the game. They show up in your life. They show up in your marriage. They show up. Come on. I'm going to look at you like you're looking at me. We absolutely need to be the, the sons of Issachar and discern the times. But the this is not entertainment where we're like, oh, that's just terrible. Oh, bless God, going to hell in a handbasket. Oh, <laughs> we want the world to change. Okay, you change. How long has it been since you called your daughter? See, it is easy. This is what the Pharisees and the religious people did. 
they were all like, y'all are bad. But Jesus' rebuke was always to, don't, don't let the yeast that there, that's in them get in you. Be careful. Because here's the deal. They got all the pomp. They got all the circumstances. They give. They do. They do show up. They do. They try to fulfill. They do. But there is nothing living in them. Come on. The church is vital. And you're needed. And I'm not coming for you because I love you. But I'm telling you that it, I think that it would not be wise for us to leave here going, we're really good people. <laughs> we're better than all those people that live in New York. Wow. We're better than all those people that live in California. Wow. Oh, we're, we're better than Dallas. I'm telling you that for right now. Your home doesn't change. Your mouth doesn't change. Your thinking doesn't change. The woke and revisionist teaching has invaded our culture. It is absolutely problematic. And we should be, have a righteous anger and an indignation. And, and it should convict and challenge us to engage, not criticize. Come on, hear what I'm saying. The lust for power, pleasure, fame, and wealth will not end. It's God's people who have to understand. We are the ones that can't act the same way. Come on. Come on. Listen, I don't want to beat you up. I, I love the church. And don't hear me say two or three things about it. I, I absolutely love the church. I, I, I believe that it's the... It, Jesus is the hope. It is the avenue that delivers the hope. Okay. But spiritually, we've got to be asking ourselves, are we uninterested are we lazy? Are we opinionated? And are we unfruitful? You think that the, Jesus saved your life and the Holy Spirit empowered you so that you could be an attender? Well done, good and faithful servant. You had excellent attendance at church. You never opened your home. You never helped anybody. You never reproduced the testimony that I gave you and to anybody else. But gold stars for attendance. <laughs> Great job. Wow. wow. I'm just, Moses, y'all, I mean, like, uh. The church isn't called to sit back. It's called, the Bible says, to stand up. Come on. We, we, we've got to move out of the camp of do nothing and be critical. You can't do nothing and be critical. That's terrible. We ought, someone ought to do something. Where's DeSantis? Where's Trump? Someone's got to, we got to get this thing going. But we're not going to engage in foster home. We're not going to open our house. We're not going to see a single mom and ask her son to go hunting with us. We're, we're not going to. So actually, <laughs> we want everybody to create a great life for us, and we don't really want to do anything that the Bible says to do to be inconvenienced, to actually be the light of the world. We just actually want everybody else to do it for us. So I'd rather legislate morality than actually walk into darkness and be the light of Jesus. 
Come on. Here's my assignment. Understand the mission. Just understand the mission. Matthew 28. Come on. 28 verse 18 through 20. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Who gave Jesus the authority? The Bible says that in John 3, 35 and 36, that the Father loves the Son and gave him everything. Come on. Hear what I'm saying. 19. Go. Everybody say go. No, it didn't say sit. It didn't say pontificate. It didn't say think. It didn't say judge. It didn't say post. It said what? Say it again. We need to start playing Eye of the Tiger like right now. Rise it up! No, no. Go, make disciples, make disciples, make, not find, make. Make. The problem is we we actually have a culture that, that hasn't been responsible to make anything. You ever have a dog trying to make that dog be obedient? Jump out, stop jumping out of my hand. It's hard. Most of our strategy of the dog is like we give it a month or two and then we get rid of it because dogs, we have a dumb dog. <laughs> it's hard to make. Make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them. Come on, everybody say, teach. Teach them to observe. To observe. You see this? Look at this. Watch this. Look at this. See that? Come on. Observe. When we have our little kids and we're about to walk out into the parking lot, observe. Hey, listen. You're this high. Their car's this high. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, observe. Are you walking next to the edge? Observe. 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 In other words, we're frustrated about the darkness, but I'm wondering how many people are teaching people to observe. Well, that's the pastor's job. That's not what it says. All I've commanded you, behold, I am with you always, even into the ends of the age. I don't have time for Isaiah 46, 9 and 10, but it says, remember the former things. I'm still God. I'm still running things. I still have a plan. I still have an agenda. I'm going to, at the end of it, it says, I'm going to accomplish my purpose. I want him to accomplish his purpose within me, and I want to be a part of that. Come on, I don't want to wear a jersey and never play. I want to actually get in the game. Come on, hear what I'm saying. Our mission is to invade the darkness and make disciples. Now, that preaches well, but it's hard. That's like saying, who wants abs? <laughs> I got you on that one, didn't I? Because come on, in church, if we're not careful, it'll be, amen, I agree, I agree, stop agreeing. I don't need you to agree, I need you to do it. Amen. 
we got to start creating, come on, these spiritual abs. You think about the only two ways you get abs is by your intake and your, and your work. You have to change your diet and you have to work. You don't get abs by visiting the gym. It's crazy. <laughs> come on. I thought the, the, the anointing of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger would just come on me as I walk, walked into the gym and... <laughs> Change my accent, change my body. <laughs> I paid my tithe to the Jimber membership, and dad, I, 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 I never got abs. I mean, they have all these pictures of, of, of uh, gym saints that have abs. Some of them I can't even look at. But we all want to have spiritual muscle. Well, then you have to change your diet. And then you actually have to. <coughs> you don't, come on, you don't get abs if you don't change your diet. If you don't begin to work out. If you don't, if you're not consistent over a long period of time. Like, and some of us are like, I got saved, I got baptized, I got whatever. I'm going to have abs. <laughs> to invade the darkness, you're going to have to make some changes. You're going to have to change your intake. And you're going to have to change your effort. In this verse that we just read, who has the authority? Obviously, Jesus has the delegated authority by the Father. And, 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 and when believers come under that, it, it, it's like this. It's like we're in an army and we've been given a place and a position. Come on. When, when, when our soldiers begin to engage, they, they come in the name of the United States. When we, in, when we engage in the darkness, we come under the kingdom of heaven. But somehow... The church has digested that that's not enough. We got to understand the mission to invade the darkness. To run, listen, obviously, listen, we don't run from it. Absolutely, we flee temptation, but we take our ground. We stand. I, I, I mean, the Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 14, uh, verse 20 Brothers, do not be children in your thinking, be, be infants in evil. But your, your thinking must mature. It must mature. Like, come on. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm trying to get over my anger. I just, I just, you know, I just can't. What is the difference between that and someone who says, I've been trying to get over homosexuality? I can't. You hear what I'm saying? Is we've got to begin to go, God, I know you've given me tools and you've given me the Holy Spirit. And yes, there may be some freedom. And yes, I, mean, I may need to uh, uh, cancel some assignments or some vows or some things that I've done in my life, doors that I've opened. But I know that you want to free me, so I am going to get free. I'm going to have a testimony and then I'm going to teach the testimony and I'm going to invade the darkness. But we go from here with no real abs and intake and we try to go here and they're like, ah, oh, it's so hard. 
There's a mission. And the mission is this. These are three things that you need to do in your Christian life. So write them down. Phone, text. I'm going to give you two tonight and one tomorrow. Here it is. Here's the mission. You have to transition from death to life. You have to transform your mind. And you have to teach others. Let's talk about transition from death to life. God has a different operating system. There's a difference between an iPhone and an Android. Have you ever tried to switch over the phones? And you're like, where's the button? Ah! Because it has a different operating system. God has a different operating system than the world. And he doesn't think like the world. We now have a culture in church where young people don't, don't feel like, well, if I'm not going to be paid from the church and if I'm not going to be employed by the church and they're not going to give me a position and money and whatever, then you know what? The church has no value. But here's what I need you to understand. Though if we're not careful, the church will begin to bring the doctrine of the world. Well, what's the doctrine of the world? Opportunity. People are opportunists. Every time in the New Testament that Jesus began to do work and there was an opportunity, he walked away from it. Hey, be our governor. Be this. Be this. Be this. Don't tell. Don't tell. Don't tell. Don't tell. The only one who took the opportunity was Judas. Made a little side money. Culture of the, of the world has kind of come in and now church is about multi-level marketing and church is about this and church is about this and we're opportunistic and we want to know I'm only want to go to be at a church that I'm going to be able to teach and I only want to do this and if I want to and we come in with all of these conditions but we're not like God wherever you want me whatever you want me to do the calling of God on my life everything is going to end everything is going to fall away the only thing that's going to remain is you and only you and I want to help you be come on present in my culture. I'd come to church, but yeah. Come on. Are you with me? Help me. God has a different operating system, and there's a difference in what God wants to do in your life. And he's asking you to move from death to life. Come on, look at this. I don't have time to read all this. I just want to to give this to you real quick and you can write it down because I know there's so many people who want to learn the things of God. Hebrews chapter 3, 7 through 13, just write it down. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear the voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness where your fathers put me to the test and saw the works over 40 years, nine, uh, 10. Therefore, I was provoked with this generation and said, they always go astray in their hearts. They have known not my ways, as I swore in my wrath that they should not enter rest. Take care, brothers. Who's he talking to? Yeah, brothers. Lest there be any, any evil in you, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But I exhort you every day, as long as you are called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Come on, hear what I'm saying. This right here, the culture 
is a family conversation about how do we begin to take a step where we operate in such a way that the power of the transforming nature of God is beginning to be attractive and it's opening up conversations. And we know that there is an enemy. We know there's a resistance. We know there is that. There's some people that will never bow their knee and say, okay, but you don't know who they are. Genesis chapter 3, 1 through 3. I, I'm just going to read the first verse because I think we've already alluded to it, so I don't want to take up your time. But it says, now the servant was more crafty. Everybody say crafty. crafty. The, the enemy is better at deception than you are. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't out-argue. Some of you are great arguers. Like you should have been in debate. You can't out-argue the enemy. For him to to convince one-third of the angels to be out of the presence of God, I just need you to know that he is very, very crafty. When Adam and Eve gave in to the devil's temptation, they didn't really comprehend, even though they were warned, the reality of what death would look like. They changed from God's operating system to an inferior system. And this, unfortunately is a great lesson, listen to me every young person, in rebellion. Let's talk about this, rebellion. Our culture believes that wrong choices made with a sincere heart should be accepted, permissible, and only labeled as a mistake. But the Bible teaches us that rebellion is like witchcraft. Witchcraft. When you rebel against the Lord... And he is moving you and he's giving you a standard and you don't do that standard. The Bible communicates that as witchcraft. Now you can repent and we're under grace, but it doesn't change the fact that that's how God views it. And so if we in our own nature are making how we act trivial, why would the world not make it? Come on, help me. Rebellion isn't soft. It's defiant. Come on, I grew up watching 90, uh, sitcoms, 30-minute sitcoms in the 90s. And everybody got, I mean, like, yeah, you sold the car, you snuck out the window, you robbed everybody, you did everybody. But hey, for the last three minutes, we're all friends again. We're going to be a happy family. Rebellion costs you. It hurts you. And Adam and Eve, listen, listen, made a choice to begin to, to listen. And, and, and here's the thing is, I, I love this. I, I really, the Lord began to start stirring this yesterday when Pastor Dwayne was talking. But the, the enemy is okay with not being first in your life as long as you are. Because the issue for him was this. He wants to be sitting on the throne like God. So it's an inversion. He's not trying to take God's position. He's trying to dilute everybody else where God's here. But here's the enemy on the throne. And what did Jesus call? Peter, Peter. Watch out. You're thinking like Satan. You're like your father, Satan. You're like this. You're like this. What's it? It's an inversion. If I can get everybody to resist God, then I actually serve him. Come on here. Look at this, Exodus chapter 20. 
Let's, let's look. Let's just, I want you to see these. Maybe it's been a long time since you visited the Ten Commandments or you haven't driven through Alabama. Okay, um, uh, you know, because they're, they're on barns everywhere. Uh, that was a lot funnier in my head. All right. <laughs> look at this. Go ahead and show, will you show that? Will you show that? Show the, the Ten Commandments there. I think it's a slide there. Um, and, and so uh, the, the ten are, and, and you, you've been taught that, um, four deal with our relationship with God, uh, the, the last six deal with our relationship with man. Uh, it is interesting that, that even the whole idea of uh, gender and homosexuality and all that, I mean, is number five, honor your father and mother, not your mother and mother, your father and father, and there were the 75,000 genders. I mean, it's just all, it's all there. You can just, like, look at it for a while. Um, uh, <laughs> But God gave them a standard, and because here's the deal. God wanted to make it very clear that this is what I'm going to judge you on. Because it's very deceptive for you to think my heart is good when actually it's not good, so I need you to have a standard to measure yourself. And this is what I'm going to judge on. Now, we've all broken the standards, and thank God for grace, and, and as powerful as sin is, come on, we know that there's a cure. Come on. Come on, help me. And that's the good news of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection that saves us. Jesus, because of what Jesus did, listen, uh, bondages can be broken, healing can happen, the dead can live. But we have to transition, listen, from death to life. When Adam and Eve sinned, just, here's what happened. Is they went from thriving and, and, and prosperity to strife, disunity, withering, weeds, discontent, curse, murder. Death came in. Ephesians 2, 1 through 5. I, I, don't, I don't have time. Just You were dead in the trespasses of your sins. You once walked this way. I mean, I mean, just over and over again. Like spiritually dead people. And so I appreciate that we are trying to teach morality to spiritually dead people. But the only true thing we can do is wake them up. That's all we can do is wake them up. Where they have eyes to see. In Genesis, it says that Adam and Eve walked in the cool of the day and their spirit was in tune with God, and then they sinned, and it says their eyes opened and closed. They immediately knew that they were naked. They, got, they started to hide because, you know what? I no longer see God. I can hear him. This is weird. So, so something happened. And I am telling you that there is a blindness, a spiritual blindness, and the only people who are commissioned to turn on the light is the church. Does this make sense? The church. So, the first thing, you got to transition from death to life. Our world's trying to transition. They just, it's not going to work. And so here's the deeper thought. What are we going to do in 30 years when they, when we, when, when everybody decides it's not going to work? And they have mutilated their body, and now they want to come back to church. If we're not having that thought right now, you need to be thinking that thought. The world's wanting to transition because it's in our DNA to want God. Now, they may not know that. They may have not pondered that. But it is, come on, listen. The churches, I know what you're looking for. Who's not looking for love? Who's not looking for that's, what, that's our job. That's our job. So the first thing is you got to trans, 
you got, you, you got to transition from death to life. Do you think death thoughts? Do you act in a death posture? Are you, come on, listen, I know you might be saved, but are you, are you actively transitioning from this old nature to, come on, the newness in Christ Jesus. Yes, I am spiritually made new, but now my carnal mind, my body, my thing, I, mean, I, am, I am now in a discipline where I am moving out of death and I will not think like death. That's a death thought. That's a death thought. And so it leads me to my second one, which we will, we will spend the rest of our time here, is this. You're going to have to transform your mind. Transformation of your mind doesn't just happen when you listen to content. You have to apply the word to your life and you have to go, wow, that was for me. Amen. And you have to respond and you have to react and there has to be changes. And you have to go, you know what? I am not going to have an affair. And the Holy Spirit's starting to convict you because you're starting to see that woman over there at the water cooler. And you're like, hey. And she's like, hey. And you're like, hey. And she's like, hey. And all of a sudden you're following each other on Instagram. And all of a sudden things are happening. And you're like, Wow. No. Hey, babe, we need, to, we need to work on our marriage. We need to have some courageous conversations. We need to sit down a lot. We've walked in the church for the last five years being totally fake. We fight all the way there and we fight all the way home. And I need to transfer, I need, I need to renew my mind. I need to think like Jesus. I've never really loved you like Christ loved the church. Uh, I've never really done that because I'm working through my own issues and ha habits and hang-ups and backgrounds. And i got to get my stuff right. And I've got to pursue Jesus so I can't watch more golf than I get into the Bible. I can't watch more uh, TV than I get right here because my spiritual condition is more important, come on, than anything else in my life. Why do we have to transform our mind? Because God established priorities, listen, for all of us. And, and when we order our life based on his priorities, then we move into blessing and not chaos. And so I'm going to give you six priorities. I'm going to talk about the first three, and then I'm going to talk about the last one tomorrow, and you, you can just wonder about the other two. All right. <laughs> I like leaving you hanging. There are six priorities that we see over and over again in Scripture, and we're talking about renewing our mind. God has a plan for each of these priorities. Here they are. God wants you to order your life, God, family, church, neighbor, nation, world. This is how we set priorities, come on, in our life. The garden there was peace, unity, growth, productivity, contentment, blessing. But because man became first, the enemy's plan, listen, listen, we said it, 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 it wasn't for Satan to be, yeah, obviously he wants to be in charge, the Bible says that, but, but really it's man, and we see humanism running through our nation where man wants to be God. Okay, because of the fall, think about all the things that we lost. We, uh, a business was lost. Commerce, economics took a point. I mean, weeds, hard ground, hard work, living, uh, working for living. None of that, we had, didn't have to do any of that. When, when God set it up, absolutely, you're going to work, you're going to manage, you're going to tend, you're going to keep, but, but you're not working for your livelihood. I'm going to produce that. Yeah. Think about education. Education was affected. 
Why? Because in the cool of the, the day, God and Adam talked, and God was like the t- professor God showed up. <laughs> I mean, and Adam knew a lot about biology and science and whatever. He named all the animals. Hmm. I mean, I don't, know how, I, I don't know how he came up with some of the w- w- weird, random terminology. We had a teacher. God had a lot to teach him. Government, government became a surrogate way of keeping order. It was God and man. And man, man we see through the Old Testament that, that we don't want you. We want a king. We want a, we want a man. And so here's the problem as we look at this. The church has to understand its mission and its priorities. And as people, listen, we're not going to agree on every issue. I got six people in my home and nobody knows what temperature the air should be on. You know what I'm saying? When we say, who wants food? Everybody's, yeah, where do you want to go? War. Listen. For us, we've got to come in line with our priorities, and we all want freedom. In the Bible, believing Christian, it is clear how freedom comes. Listen, there's a difference between um, being united, but that doesn't mean having uniformity. This is the way that God wants us to prosper. Go ahead and put that next slide up for me. As, As we look at this graph Uh, here's what it says, is that our relationship with God begins to then begin to move in our family. And then our relationship with family, come on, look at me, begins to ignite the church. And the church is built off of strong families that that the church then comes in and and aids uh, understanding and and opportunity and discipleship. and, and, And we equip the saints, come on, for the work of the ministry. But the truth of the matter is when a family is thriving, it's easier to deposit, come on, these concepts in their life. And then out of the church, then the church is moved and provoked to go touch their neighbor. And the neighbor begins to change the nation. And the nation infects the world. This is how we're supposed to do it. But, but we, we, don't, we don't want to do it this way. Man has always tried to invent another way. And, and, and this is the angel of light. All we need is one fresh wind of revival. Well, sometimes when we say that, we're asking for a Holy Spirit encounter. And I believe that. And sometimes when we say that, we're lazy and we don't want to do anything. And so we would rather have people come down and cry at the altar than we would to open their homes. And so if we want to really talk about how we got here, well, this is the same conversation that you and your wife would have if you said, how did we get here in our marriage? I'm not saying that she hadn't done some things. And I'm not saying he hadn't done some things. But if we really want to sit down and go, how did we get here? Come on. You hear me? Look at this. Let's talk about God real quick. Colossians chapter 1, 16 and 17. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, invisible and invisible. 
whether thrones or dominions or rulers, authorities, all things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and all things are held together by him. Here's what we need to understand. God is sovereign, almighty, all-knowing, all-loving, and not the culture. God will change your life as you submit to him. God gives us the right, our rights, not the government. God is the creator of life and family and the church, not man. Man did not come up with these institutions. God wants all humanity free from sin and free from bondage. So that means spiritual poverty. Come on, selfishness, lawlessness, racism, bondage. All grow, listen, all begin to grow when we don't put God first. The only way to be one nation under God is to be under God. I know that was crazy, right? <laughs> Here's the thing. There's a reason why the enemy attacks God, religion, family, and the church. Because all three of these produce life. All three of them produce life. God produces brand new life, and I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to change your life, and I'm going to life. And so, you know what? We need to come against that. Family produces life. When a man and woman come together, it produces life. The church produces life. Come on. Brokenness. We're stepping out of bondages. We're stepping out of whatever. And so those three things will always come under the most attack because they all produce life. And then they affect everything else, the neighbor, the nation, and the world. Okay. The family. Life. I could read Joshua 24, 15. And if this, it's in your heart to do evil, do evil. But if not, come on, listen. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And so here's the deal. That doesn't mean that dominant dad comes in and says, turn on that TV. I better get your Bible out. We're going to do 15 hours of Bible study. Come on. That means that the kids are starting to see dad's posture and something's happening in his life. And it's, it's, it's alarming because they, they expected there to be a fight. But all of a sudden there was a hug. And mom, instead of snapping back and fighting back and being stressed out about the life that she actually dreamed about, Come on. And all of a sudden, there's this peace that passes all understanding. We don't even know. what. what I mean, we're all crazy. <laughs> we're all sinners. We all jacked up. But there's a peace that passes all understanding. I don't even know how we're doing this. But our kids like us, and we like them. <laughs> the, the family role is vital to civil government. Its structure and its definition was defined by God, not man. When the family breaks down, everything breaks down. All society, come on, listen, breaks down. The family operates as off of authority, honor, and submission and respect. You need all four of those. Listen, it doesn't operate off of everybody being perfect. The greatest thing that you can teach your family is the practice of forgiveness. I am not always right, and I have blown it. And y'all come here, I want, I want to apologize. 
that wasn't the right tone. I jumped to a conclusion. I assumed I did this. That is not God. I want to love you and trust you and bless you and, 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 and speak good things over your life. I'm sorry. I should have ne- Those words should have never come out of my mouth. I don't want a word curse to put, be put over you. I, I, I repent. Come on, hear what I'm saying. Families. The parents have the authority over their children, not the government. Come on, hear what I'm saying. The government is not in charge. And, and, and I want to come for a lot of us real quick. I love you. Just say, just, I love you. I love you. I love you. If you have kids, parent them. It is not everybody else's job to parent your children. You had them, you parent them. We'll come in and help you. We'll aid with you. We'll do with you. But we're not going to step in and be an authority in their life when you are the authority. You're bypassing the system. God, family, church. Come on, does that make sense? And so if your kids are always the one running around, bumping into everybody, and everybody, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Don't be mad at me. We have four kids, and we understand it, and we've had a few kids in the floor at Walmart too, so I'm not judging nobody, but I'm saying that your family's in order. Your family's in order all the time, and we're seeing something. We're working on something. We're providing something. Come on. The priest of the home is present. Men and women are given specific roles. You're not in competition. You're not in competition. I can do everything a man can. No, you can't. And I don't want to do what women can do. That's all I'm going to say about that. But we have, we're in marriages and now, and now, listen, and I love it. Listen, I'm, I'm not coming for anybody, but now we have careers where both people are, are career and, and having to think and achieve and, and be great at what they do. And now when we come together, there's two leaders in the home and there's all this clashing. And God says, whoa, 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 you have a role. You have a role. Just like there is a man, come on, and a woman, and the man lays his life down for the woman, and the woman submits to the man. And we come, there, there's a role and a function. And if we don't do that right, your kids are going to produce something that is ungodly because there was something. We don't want our kids to leave at 20 and think, I'm never getting married, dear God. I love you. Broken homes produce broken adults. Marriage and family isn't outdated, even if society says it is. Lust, longing, loneliness, coping with sin, stress, abuse, all of these things. Come on, casual sex, abortion, affairs, pornography, questionable media, divorce, homosexuality, transgender, penalty. (laughs) If I can destroy, if the enemy can destroy the family... He's not after the world. He has a plan, and it's just, it's just going to happen. It's just going to happen. All of a sudden, we're here because we don't want to preach about here. Yeah. Last thing. I know some of you are like, thank God, he's almost done. The church. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. And if I delay, you may know how... You ought to behave. Yeah. 
do we know how we ought to behave in the household of God, which is in the church of the living God, a pillar? Come on, where's, where's our pillars? Where's the men that are like, absolutely, Ashley's offended me. Absolutely, there are things that I don't like. Absolutely, I wouldn't do it like this. Absolutely. You know what? He, he, he moved my wife out of the coffee bar. He moved my husband out of the parking team. He did, but I'm a pillar here, and I'm standing, and I'm helping, and I'm building something that's bigger than my ego or insecurity. I want to affect a culture in this area, and I can't affect a culture if every five years I'm going to a new church and starting over because every new place I go they don't trust me and so I'm sitting on all this calling and anointing and I'm frustrated but if I look over my life I've moved eight times I've started over eight times so right at the time I'm frustrated I'm also getting opportunity and then I leave and I and I've never been a pillar If the doors are open, I will be there. Because I'm a pillar. I know how to act in the household of God. I know that I'm needed. Come on. We support the truth. Support the truth. I'm, well, if Ashley preaches good, I'm going to give him a couple dollars. Some of you, listen, YouTube, the only thing that it's doing is adding confusion into your life. You need to tie, I'm I'm supporting the truth. I'm supporting the truth. I'm supporting the truth. And so I'm going to give because God tells me to give. I'm going to tie because God tells me. And it's not about my bills. It's about I'm supporting the truth. And you know what? We may have a car repossessed, but I'm going to support the truth. We may have this. Because here's the deal. The only thing that's going to remain is The church has the keys of the kingdom, power and authority. The church disciples people who accept the priorities and principles. The church is essential. It equips believers. It teaches morality. It models redemption. Thank you for being part of our podcast today. You'll find more online messages from Christian Ministries Church, as well as location information on our website at cmchurch.net. There's a place for you at Christian Ministries Church, where it's more than a church, it's family.